Welcome to the Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to the show. You know, every week I say how excited I am to have somebody in the house. And you know what? You guys know that I'm always going to be incredibly excited because we are a planet full of seven and a half billion people and everybody has an amazing story to share. And my guest today is no different. I would love to welcome, before I tell you more about her, Lana Kirtley into the house. Hi, Lana. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for that introduction. And thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited to share space with you. Woohoo! We're going to have a blast. All right. Let me tell you all a little bit about Lana. Now, you know, it's not the traditional bio, right? You know, like here's the introduction and here's all the stuff she's done. What I love about Lana is Lana has gone through some serious shit over her life, and she's going to share some of that with you guys today. And you know that the people I bring on, I bring on because of the stuff they've been through and how they learned to step in. And this is just a little tiny taste, and and Lana will elaborate much more for you over our time together today. But here's a woman who was, you know, struggling to, to get pregnant who had a lot of dental issues, who had some medical situations that happened in her younger life that led to a lot of stress, led to a lot of frustration. And so, you know, as life goes on and she starts maneuvering through her life a little bit, she finds that it is really more about stepping into an empowering place for herself. So she begins doing that. She gets divorced. She has these three children. She buys a house. And guess what happens? She gets laid off. All right, well, that's, you know, a lot of people get laid off. Lana's been laid off four flipping times, people. She's had to take $20,000 a year pay cuts. She's had to redefine herself so many times that that is really why I wanted to bring her on today because not only is she is an amazing, resilient woman who keeps bouncing back challenge after challenge, barrier after barrier, she is also a certified integrative nutrition health coach who specializes in helping people with adrenal fatigue, and boy, don't we know how important that is today, as well as she's a podcast host, whoop, whoop, fellow podcasters, go of a show that is amazing. I was just on it as a guest back in September. Go look for it. It's around episode eight, I think it might have been. And it's called Empowering Health Journeys. And the idea behind this is to really help people empower themselves and recognize that there is a huge difference between the diagnosis and the prognosis. And we do not have to buy into the Western medical model that says this is the only way. There are multiple ways. It is definitely a show worth checking out. So my God, now that I've babbled on forever, Lana, I'd love to hear a little about kind of all the emotional side of things that created some of this physical stuff, that story that, that you've lived through, that's not a story, it's part of your life. And kind of tell me a little bit about that before we dive into how you really learned to maneuver through it. Thanks, Susan. So, you know, looking back at it, part of me embraces my journey. Um, a, a good part of me embraces my journey. It, it's taught me lots when I can sit back, stand back, and reflect upon it all. And I didn't understand until more recently how all these components affected my health in a different way. So as a kid, the dental issues, the number of fillings, that was just part of the gig. You know, right. you know, just, just, I'm a farm kid growing up and you have dental issues and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my hygiene. It was the chemical nature of my body right now as an adult, 
a more senior vintage type adult. (laughs) I love the way you put that. Awesome. (laughs) Then I realized that probably my body was way more acidic than Uh it was basic. And therefore, that was where some of the dental issues came in. But not a great deal. I can remember my mom taking me to the doctor for acne-related issues, and the doctor's like, well, it has nothing to do with the food you eat, so Uh, let's just let her go through. Right. No. Right. Now, as a health coach, I'm like, "Uh, no. Right. Yeah. And just as a correction, I have only one child. I'm sorry. I thought I read that you had my deepest apologies. I thought you had three. Okay, I'd love to have three. That must have been the universe suggesting that in my next life I'll Oh, have, there you go. <laughs> I'll take that one. I'll work with that. Yeah, you so, had one now and you'll have the other two later. Well, whatever version is. <laughs> I'm good with that. So yeah. anyways, then um, in my 20s, and I ended up on Accutane, which is a heavy-duty antibiotic. Oh. Nobody thinks differently of it. It's just part of the game. And then in my 30s, I had fertility issues. I won't get into all the details of that. But the reality is, is that the hormone stimulants, because it's easier to stimulate the female to have more follicles than try and work on the guy side of it. In my case, it was a combination. Long story short, I did end up pregnant. And so I call my son a Petri dish baby. (laughs) How old is he? How old is he now? uh, He's 18. He graduated June of 2020. He's a good kid. Um, He's struggling. It's interesting times for a young man to work through that. Uh, He's a good kid. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. So in my 40s, then stress, there was marital breakdown, we ended up in a divorce situation. And I chose to stay in this community that we're still in, Mm -hmm. because I wanted him to have a relationship with his dad. Sure. Having said that, neither one of us have family in this community, or any place even close. The closest family is four plus hours away. Oh, wow. You don't have the backup babysitters. You don't have the backup support system. And I did realize that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah, that's true. So after the divorce was finalized, I found a lovely home in a cul-de-sac that I felt would be a good place to raise my son. And we've been here for 10 years as of this recording, we are just about right on the 10-year marker. And so it's a great cul-de-sac to have raised him in. Yeah. Irony of the situation is, is that I bought the house in September. And by December, right after the children's Christmas party that I organized for the company I worked with, I got laid off. Now, was that layoff number one? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, my God. I had worked for them for 12 years. Oh, my God. That's devastating. And especially just getting divorced and buying a home. And you're like, okay, you know, this is what happened between him and I. And, you know, whatever. Well, we could be co-parents. And hopefully there's, you know, not a lot of fighting and anger and, you know, hatred between two people, right? Well, that's always the hope for everybody. Sounds like because you both didn't have any family around, even through the divorce and after, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you relied on one another as not just former spouses, but and as co-parents, but also as friends that, you know, you kind of only had each other as far as family goes. And then you're going along and boom, you get laid off. Yep. Oh my God. What happened then? Well, at that stage of the game, then because I had been with them 12 months and I live in Canada, then the standard is one month of what would I call it, wage support for every year of service. So I had just about a year's worth of payroll over and above. I then could tap into what is called employment insurance if I needed to. Okay. So financially, I did have that backup. Wow, that's 
that's important. And here's the difference between other countries in the United States is that, you know, we can, we can hear these things here in the U.S. and be like, oh my God, we don't have that. If only we had something like that. And there's pros and cons to all things, right? And so, yes, you may have had some of that financial security, but it still had to create, well, I, I'm not going to assume, did it create any kind of bigger stress or emotional, did it take more of an emotional toll on you, even though you knew financially you'd be okay for the year and then you could tap into the employment insurance piece, did it still create any kind of emotional or financial stressful toll in any way for you? Well, the emotional toll of any layoff is huge yeah. because I, I don't care what boss blows what smoke and where they blow it or whatever <laughs> the case is. Don't take it personally. Guess what? It's personal. Yeah. And, yeah. and it takes a huge mental, I don't want to use the word ego. It takes a huge hit. I didn't want to, I, I had worked there for 12 years. I had a lot of good hangout BS with people, friends, yeah. not people that I went to Sunday picnics with, right. but I could talk with a lot of those individuals about motorbiking or building a house or their kids. And all of a sudden, I felt like I had no friends there. Wow. And it wasn't them. It was just the emotional feeling of inadequacy, of yeah. not being enough. And I was the one cut. Now, there happened to be three other people cut at the same time. My role made me question why they chose me over one of the other admins, because I was office manager. So that really created an ego stress situation for me yeah. over the fact that my son was struggling a little bit in school. He is much more of a tactile learner. And so just a whole bucket of inadequacies came out of that aspect. Well, I think that's true for so many when we get, you know, if we're laid off or we get fired even, right? It cuts to the identity that we hold about ourselves as this employee or even with our employer, right? You know, like I'm this office manager and I've been doing this great job for 12 years. And it's like, wait a minute, I, I never did anything wrong. I never got in trouble. I never got written up. Maybe the typical little, you know, business office stuff that can happen at times, right? In any job. But like I'm going along and I'm doing my thing and everything's going well. And then one day I get called in the office and it's like, sorry, we're letting you go. Or yeah. you've been laid off or, you know, you're fired. We can't keep you anymore. And we just rack our brains going, why? Like, why me and why and what happened? And did I do something I didn't know about? So it can totally rock our whole foundation. And this happens four months after you buy the house, which was how long after your divorce? Uh, divorce was finalized in June. I bought the house in oh, September <laughs> and in December. Then, yeah. I got oh my like, God. So within the span of Christmas party. Right. So within the span of six to seven months, you have the marriage has dissolved. The house is transitioned to your new home. And yep. now the job security, like everything was pulled out, it sounds like, from underneath you. Holy cow. So kind of keep going. Like what what kind of happened then for you? Did you continue to kind of be in that space of everything's been pulled out from underneath me and wondering about yourself or did you kind of just move forward? Um, ironically, I guess a little of both. I knew I had some time because of that 12 months of severance package. Yeah. And so that spring, then I was able to do some work in the home that I wanted to do and I could buy some cash flow time with that. Mm -hmm. I, applied for one job that I was really excited about, then got notified I got second per se on it. Oh, so wow. it's like, okay. And I really was excited about that job. That was yeah. like, going to be my cat's meow job. 
So then I looked at a couple other jobs, spent a one week kind of doing a trial test run over here. And then I applied for another job because I'm like, well, it would be okay. It wouldn't pay the same, but it would be a fun experience. And she's like, yeah, no, you're not going to stick around when you get a good paying job. So we're not going to hire you for this. And I'm going, okay, this is getting interesting. So then I took a maternity leave role that I wasn't really cut out for, but it was people and it was out and about, and I really enjoyed that. Then I got a call that second, where I rated second, the first place gal had chosen that she didn't like the job. So I got offered the job finally. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's positive. Right, exactly. So it's really positive. You're under contract for six months. Um, that's where the 20000 a year drop in pay came about. And oh. I'm like, well, for six months, I can ride this out because I have the severance package and all will be great and good and fine. Sure. That six-month contract turned into three and three-quarter years. Wow. And, yeah. And they wouldn't they would not offer me create the full-time employee plan for me. And so, (sighs) right. So I sit in a holding pattern. The boss changes from being local to where I live to being four hours away. Well, would you move up here? Would And I'm like, I'd move. Are you going to make me an employee? Are you going to pay for my move? No to neither. So I'd still be contract. I'd still be under the same page wage. And now I would drag my son four hours away from his dad. Oh, my God. Wow. And I'm going, no, I can't do it. Yeah. So Good for you. No, <laughs> well, seriously. I mean, good for you because all of the, you know, like we're, that, that's the idea is we get into these positions where we want this employment role. We want the higher wages. We want to further our career. And then we have these, you know, that's what I call these hope for gain pieces, these wants and needs and desires, right? But we have these fears of losses. I don't want my child to be four hours away from his dad. I just bought this house, even though now three and a half years ago or four years ago, so to speak, I'll have to sell it. Like there's all these back and forths that we go through mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. and even and spiritually, right? We haven't even gotten into that piece yet. Yep. Where we're looking at, I want this, but then they say no. But then I say, well, but I still need this job. Because yeah. what am I going to do without it? I don't have the, the, the severance package anymore. So how am I going to manage this? And they won't make me an employee, which can also screw with our sense of self and our identity and our worth and our value. So then good for you, though, that in that mix and the scary parts about which way to go, you stood up for you and set the boundary and said, no. Right. That, that's an important thing. Yeah. So the every irony of that situation is that they turn around and within a period of approximately six weeks, then the boss is traveling back through from an area, a corporate office that's four hours south to his office that's four hours north. And he calls at approximately lunchtime and says, hey, by chance, you're not leaving early today, are you? Why? Well, would like to have a meeting. He comes in. And the first thing he does is sets me down and shoves a piece of paper across and says, you're no longer employed. You're no longer contract. Did they give you a reason why? Just changes with the program. Don't you love that? They suck. They all suck when they do that. Oh, it, it was just, it, but again, it was devastating. It's like, I really enjoyed this job. Yes, I was frustrated with the pay and the contract, but I really enjoyed the job and the guys I was working with. And I felt that was reciprocated. We all laughed, we talked, we supported. And yeah, no. So wow. then again, that ego burst self-esteem shuffle happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So that's layoff number two. There's still two more to go. Oh my God. All right. So then, yeah, keep going. I mean, this fascinating because it shows 
the your your strength and your resiliency and your willingness. And I think one of the biggest reasons I love to bring on guests like you onto the show is because I want all of you out there to realize it doesn't matter what we've been through. We can be through the most horrific experiences and we can have, you know, some of the most minimal things happen and we're human and we're all going to experience these, these parts of our lives differently. And, and it's not that you're not strong or you're not resilient. It's not that you don't have the desire or the capability. It's that some of the ways you've learned to see yourself have and do get in the way. Whereas what you're describing, Lana, is that maybe it kind of got in your way a little, but you didn't have a lot of choice. You, you were a single mom now with this child and you had to keep going, right? Yes, that's exactly. It was a case of, I was definitely in survive mode at that stage of the game. Yeah. I, I, I racked up extra debt because of that chart fall in cash and what I committed to. My vehicle was getting further driven into the ground. Wow. All of these things are happening and I'm, I'm trying to bob up for air. And that one threw me again for a loop. Now, the universe in that case provided a job within 60 days, another role, another job. The irony of that one is that I joined a oil field corporation at a time that they were transitioning huge corporate buyout. Mm. So that's all great. That's fine. Sure. But I'm locked into that department. And so there was some dynamics between the woman that was teaching me and the woman that was our local on-site supervisor. And I tried to stay out of the middle of those dynamics. But it's kind of interesting when you're getting trained by one and your job is being overviewed by another and they butt heads on how things should be done. Oh, boy. Awkward. Yeah, you think? (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little. Awkward. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Um, Went through that. uh, Was trying my best and actually kind of enjoyed the job. 11 months later, I, as soon as I walked into the office in the morning, then Lana, can you meet me in this meeting room? Oh no. Hi. Yep. Can you, can you feel the vibe? Oh God. (laughs) Like at this, at this point, let me interject at this point. Are you thinking now after two times, anytime someone says, let's have a meeting or come to my office for a meeting, or I want to sit down with you to talk with you, are you kind of automatically feeling conditioned to think, oh God, I'm getting laid off again? Oh, you have no, you have no idea, wow. no idea, the energy and the head game that goes on behind that. It's, yeah. it's, it's truly huge. So, yep, laid off, number three. So at that stage of the game, I'm kind of going, I got to do something different, but what am I going to do differently? Right. So I had been a fitness instructor, um, step aerobics, loved doing that as a young, fresh graduate from university. um, I had always been into fitness through my pregnancy, tried to eat kind of healthy, Now, I'm going to prelude with that, with the fact that, but had never really acknowledged my headspace and how I coped with stress. Mm -hmm. I I could eat relatively healthy. I could, you know, stay physically active, but the head game was a huge factor. How I was handling my stress was a huge aspect. And I came to realize that I was still in survival mode and I wasn't thriving and that I didn't want to teach my son this way of living. That I wanted to laugh with him and play with him and do things with him as compared to get him to school pick him up after school or make sure that he's getting to this location. Me get home from work and have to make groceries and try and help him with his world and then crash into bed and lose my she hat over stuff that really 
in in five days, it means nothing. You're so cute. She had, you know, you can say shit on my show, right? Okay. If you're not comfortable saying it, that's cool, but you can. But I love that. She hot. Oh, I love that. And, and listen, wait, we're going to pause for a second because there's, we're just, we're just going to play for a second because this show is about fully expressing who we are in all forms. And in this moment, I want to play and it's my show, so we can. But listen to this, guys. Like, I know sometimes I say swear words because there's an energy behind the feeling in my tongue and my mouth and my lips that when I say it, it doesn't even have to be like frustration or uh, an impulse. It just feels good, right? It feels good. And so, you know, shit is just shit, right? Like it's just like one little syllable, bloop, done. But the way you just said it, Lana, is like, she hot, almost like, you could you could draw it out a little bit, and it can still feel like that that release. I, I got to share a funny story here. This is the F word, though. So does the F word bother you? Give her, give her, give her, give her. All right. So I I, I just because you know this show is about taking the opportunities in the moments, right? So my mom was dying of terminal cancer, and um, this was uh, over twenty years ago now, and so. They gave her two to four months, but she lived 16. So for 16 months, she had all this, you know, kind of awareness that she's still dying, but she's not gone yet. And my mother wasn't a huge swearer. She didn't say a lot of swear words in her life, but she did at times. And I remember, I want to say hmm, somewhere within six months before she died, I remember her coming down the stairs while she still could. And she just was walking around the house going, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. And I'm like, mom, like, what's, what's the matter? What's wrong? Are you okay? Like, you know, why are you saying that? And she goes, I don't know. There's just something about the way it's rolling off my tongue right now that it just feels good. And I'm like, okay, knock yourself out. So she proceeded to just say that word randomly for probably another couple of hours here and there. And we just all sat there like, oh, mom's just kind of doing her thing. But it was an interesting dynamic in that we put so many meanings and labels on words, on experiences, on situations, on our thoughts. And they really don't have to mean any of that. It's okay that they do mean that for people. And it's okay that if they don't mean anything for other people. Yes. Yes. Right. So like you, you know, are going through this now third situation and going, oh my gosh, I have to do something different. What the heck? So kind of, and I love because what you're sharing and describing is exactly how we can Stay in our resiliency and our strength and our power, especially when we have to, like we have children or a family that we kind of have to keep moving forward for and ourselves. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we can feel all of the emotional head trash stuff, all of the inner critical voice stuff that gets in the way and we can keep going, shut up. I got to keep going forward. And then in those moments when we have the space to like, relax into it, we can go, okay, what is really going on in my head? Am I, yes. am I really not good enough? No, I've, I worked there for 12 years. I worked there for three and a half years. I was there with them for almost a year. So it's not that I'm not good enough. It's that they didn't see my value and they didn't find my value and what I brought to the company and my job I don't know, for whatever reason, important enough to continue. So thank you for that. You've released me now from this part and I can go on to the next part of my journey, right? Yes. And that's, that's something that for me, I've learned that some of this energy I was drawing in, mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form, the, the events that I needed to go through to stop and appreciate that Lana is not that Lana, that Lana is something more, something different. And the, the skill set, my heart, 
I was starting to look for jobs just to have the paycheck as compared uh, to uh, fulfilling roles in the game. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about the, um, the things we say to ourselves at one point in time, I, I still refer to them on occasion, but I used to say the redhead on the left and I am by nature, a darker, dark Brown haired woman. But I used to say the redhead on the left can go fuck off. I'm driving out to the bush. I'm going to leave her out in the bush. And if any dumb ass brings her back and drops her off at my house, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. I just, (laughs) the redhead and nothing against redheads. I love the, I love the gingers in the world. I just have to title mine as the redhead on the left needs to off because I I can't take the words that I'm hearing her say. Wow. See, I, I love that. And there's another reason why I love and adore you is that you said one of my most favorite phrases. I don't I'll say it to a lot of people or whatever, but dumbass. Yeah. Did you ever watch that 70s show? Oh, yes. Yeah. Remember when Red, the father, would always call Eric the son, you're being such a dumbass. <laughs> it just, because it was done in the context of this comedy show, right, you know, there was something about it that just was like, oh, that's kind of cute, but serious and kind of, I don't know, it was like my mother with the F word, it just rolled off her tongue. For me, it's like dumbass, right? You know, so, and you just said it, and I'm like, oh, I really like Lana, like, she's just... <laughs> She's real, you know. Okay, so anyway, tangent here. Hello, ADD moment for Susan. So, okay, so third time, laid off. My yes. God, now, now, holy cow, what happens then? Like, how, how do we get to a fourth time now? Holy crap. Well, so just to give some other context is that I had a motorbike sitting in my garage, a little sports bike from a previous relationship that I wasn't riding. So, okay, wait, wait, I, I know I'm interrupting and I usually don't. I apologize. Did I just hear you right? Did you say like, like literally like what we call a motorcycle here, a motorbike, like you rode, you ride or rode uh, a motorcycle, a motorbike? I ride a little sports bike. Yes. Oh my God. I cannot imagine. Well, no, I actually, I can. You know what? I know y'all can't see her, but you're going to see her picture when you, when, when this episode airs. And you're going to see this beautiful woman before you. And what I'm looking at right now today is I can imagine you in leather, on a bike, with or without a helmet, just like vroom, tooling along, right? Yep. But I always ride with a helmet because I've always said to my son, I've now twisted my my uh, phrase a little bit, but I used to always say coconuts don't heal. You have to wear your helmet. So now I absolutely, and here in Alberta, here in Canada, we have to wear our helmets unless you're of one religious sect. So anyways, having said that, I always wear my helmet. Yes, it's a shield. Yes, you can barely see into it. Yes, my leathers are black. And I ride a sports bike slash a crotch rocket. I love, oh my God, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) Like, see, this come out in me. You know, and again, I mean, this is the beauty of these conversations, you know, with just real people, us having real conversations about the stories of our lives and what we've been through. And because, yeah, I may be interrupting a little bit. We may be tangenting a little bit, but here's the truth. This is the whole point of the show, people, is that, you can be this so spiritual person who is spiritually expressing as you and be the human who wears a crotch rocket and says, fuck off, redhead, you dumbass. And that is the point, is that, you know, if you're listening and my words, Lana's words offend you, I'm sorry, fuck off. You don't need my show, right? And if you are hearing a truth or a resonance for yourself, it's simply about being real, right? You know, it's just about allowing yourself to express in the moment. And the truth is in this moment, you and I, Lana, we're like, there's nobody around that we have to worry about offending. Of course, there's my audience. But 
if they don't like what we're saying, whether it's swear words or particular ways we're talking about things or particular things we're sharing, then this isn't the show for them and that's okay. And so if we changed who we are in our conversation right now, then how would we really be fully expressing our own truth and power and voice and our spiritual nature, whatever that is for each of us, right? Yes. I need to be authentic. This yeah. is who this is all the parts of me, not just some of the parts of me. This is this is who I am. Yeah. And yeah, so and thank you for yeah, that. That's um, you know, and and I I want people I think as a human being, I want people to like me, but like me because they know enough about me to think I'm an okay person. Yes. I don't have to be any more than to realize that I am an okay person, that I am not malicious in nature, that I do love people. Yeah. Love me on love me for who I am and all the parts of me, not just because I'm this or I'm that. Just like me because this is the Lana bucket. I love that. That is so absolutely one million percent true. It's love us for who we are, not who you want us to be or who you think we are. All right. So I did interrupt you. So you have this motorbike. You get out of your crotch rocket. <laughs> I just still love that. That's awesome. It was in um, February, which here in Alberta is, it's winter time. Yeah. And I had um, several, a uh, year and a half, uh, yeah, just a year prior to, had started hanging out. I found some guys, totally platonic men, that would allow me to motorbike ride with them. And it's lovely. It, they talk business. When they talk about motors, and that's kind of over my head, but it's okay. When yeah. they talk oil field, I can kind of figure that out. When they talk about life, there was there was no sacredness in our conversations. It was just good bullshit sessions. And they were somebody to ride with versus riding alone. Yeah. So that spring comes along and I end up having a 20-day motorbike trip down through parts of the U.S. Wow, that sounds like it was fun. Oh, it was it was so fabulous. I still get jitteries thinking about it. So one friend, he would not let me get my motorbike down to Las Vegas. His son and his motorbikes were down there. So he got my motorbike. He rode it down to Las Vegas, which is a three-day ride from where I live. And then I flew down with his son and daughter-in-law, and we spent a total of just about 20 days going through some of the uh, national parks, and we hit some extremely, we hit above 10,000 feet uh, seven times in those 20 days. Wow. The, the places we went was just it was fabulous, but they kept going, well, you might have to back out at the last minute, I said, or I might have to tell the next employer they got to wait three weeks because I am doing this freaking trip, people. Oh, cool. I love that. Okay. I was ready to hold ground on that as we got closer and closer. So during that time, I also signed up for this certified integrative nutrition health coach. I knew I was interested. I knew I was going to try and make a shift. I didn't know how that was all going to work. Still lots of lack of self-confidence, lack of self-value. But I knew that was something, is something really interested in. Because I've, <laughs> I laugh and say, I'm not into medicines. But if you see all the different supplements sitting up on my counter right now. Yeah. You, I, I can't say I'm not into pills because I got a lot of different kinds of pills up on my counter. But having said that, I was uh, trying to go more holistic in nature. So with that, then I ended up on this course, ended up doing my motorbike trip, and I ended up by September getting employed with a bank. Now, Talk about bringing different energies into your world 
because I was just looking for a job and yeah. not a job that really resonated with me, then that was an interesting three years. Two, yeah, three and a half years with them. Having said that, then that last one was a, oh, sorry, the previous role, that layoff was basically last in, first out from the merger and the corporate shift. Wow. So, yeah. So then this one ended up being a, another layoff again. And I told the CEO of this small local credit union, please tell, when you say meet me in my office, please tell me what this is about prior to walking away because my anxiety level when you say meet me in your office, you nailed that on the head earlier, Susan. My anxiety level, uh, the brain frog, the brain farts, the I can't think, I, ca I can't talk, I can't hear, goes through the roof. Yeah. Well, it happened again. Oh, God. And I was so mad and frustrated because this was a small company, a local one unit or one location credit union, one branch, mm -hmm. that I felt they could have handled it differently, but that is their journey, not my journey. So carry on from there. And during all of this, all these layoffs, well, especially the last two, I started to realize where my mental state of being was. Yes, I had had the frustration of the marriage divorce the buying the house and the first layoff. But I started to realize through all of that what energies I was drawing to me, both in personal relationships and in my work life, mm -hmm. what I'm saying to myself and what demeaning value, i.e. the redhead can fuck off. She, she needed to be quietened down because I needed to find a healthier mental state of being. Can you share... And thank you so much for that vulnerability and sharing that, Lena, but and not a but. And do you remember some of the things that you were saying to yourself, some of the thoughts that you had and, and, and when you were feeling, you know, the lack of self-worth and value, do you remember some of those thoughts you were saying to yourself? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day to day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandesenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free stress toolkit guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. So some of my mental state beings was there is one point on the highway between here and the major center two hours east of town. That is a very deep draw. And I'll fully admit, I've never I never thought about it, but my thoughts several times in those four years approximately were it would only hurt for a minute. Oh, wow. Wow. But that's when I also have to laugh and go, fuck this. I'm going to prove them better. I'm going to prove that I'm better. I have the choice of tapping out and proving my mental weakness, or I have the choice of sticking around and figuring this she had out and getting it, not getting it right, but getting it better. So let me ask, you just said something that's kind of important, and I want to address that. Do you really think it's a mental weakness? Or do you think it's just a question of People not having been given the permission or the tools to navigate all of this human experience in a way that allows them to 
you know, step into that deeper place of power and passion within themselves, you know, recognize whatever their connection is to themselves, whether we call it spiritual or religious or universal, you know, or the universe itself, like consciousness. I don't, I don't really care what we call it. Do you think it's really mental weakness though, or it's just that they've never really given themselves permission to connect and because you had continually kept facing these these hardships and challenges that put you in a position where you kind of had no choice because you had you were a single mom and you had this child and this life that you kind of had to force yourself but if you didn't have that might you have still kind of said no i'm going to prove to them otherwise or do you think you could have fallen into a thought process so i know it was a really long question and you take from it what you want i just want to point out the varieties of ways people can come at that same understanding and and if you think it's really a mental weakness or just not having been given the opportunity and the permission to kind of come at it from a different place i'm not sure if i would weakness might be the wrong word because and yet i'm going to maybe it is just a permission thing i've always thought been called i used to been been told you're kind of stubborn (laughs) okay and And, and i want to point out i wasn't judging what you said as weakness as a judgment i just was curious do you really believe that or do you think that was something you were conditioned to believe and it really is maybe like a permission that you gave yourself oh there we go okay see that was really my question do you really believe it was quote unquote a weakness or was that something you learned and were conditioned to potentially say or believe, but because you had all these situations and your stubbornness that forced you to either make this choice or that choice and you clearly had a child and wanted to make a, a, a you know more positive choice for yourself and him, that you were able to then give yourself that permission without buying into the old story and the old conditioning. Does that make sense? Yes. So to give you a little history, the the roles in the home I grew up in were very separated into pink and blue roles, male okay. roles and female roles. Okay. But not so much in a demeaning fashion. Having said that, I have had been, have been, always will be. There are not blue roles and pink roles. There's freaking roles to get done in life. Yes. There's there's jobs that need to be handled in the house. They're not pink and blue. They're freaking jobs that need to be done in this house. Yes. One of the things was, as a female, placing value on what my roles were and that I wasn't doing a good job. But as a person, I've been told, and now I embrace it in a little different word, initially told you're really freaking stubborn. Now I just call it tenacious. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. I am tenacious about mm. some things. I will gracefully back down. I will say I'm sorry a hundred or a thousand times, but I am tenacious about some concepts. Yeah. I am tenacious about mine. So looking huge drop into this river valley and and it really is not a nice little river valley drop it's a very severe drop yeah the fact that it would be quick the other part of me is the hell no i'm sticking around to prove differently i wow. am conceding to this this is not who i am yes i am very frustrated but this is not this is not the way i'm going out Boy, that is tenacity at its finest for sure. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I started my health coaching and it's fundamentally, they say it's like doing a master's, the amount of hours commitment. I started this other job at the credit union, got laid off from that. And when I got laid off from that, as much as there was a part of me that knew I needed to get out. Yeah. There was the security of the weekly, bi-weekly income. Right. And so it's been 18 plus weeks now. 
or 18 plus months, sorry, at the time of this recording. And I've gone through that journey and I'm so excited where I'm at at this stage and what light I see. Um, the, the mindfulness, um, I'm really into crystals. I really enjoy the tactile. I can't remember what 90% of the crystals do, but I like having them around and the tactile and the different frequencies of energy that come to them. As far as the spiritual, I was raised as an Anglican person. I am mm-hmm. confirmed Anglican. At this stage of the game in my life, I am very spiritual, spiritual, <laughs> but I'm not religious. I, right. I, I, I have no desire to enter those homes, and I believe that the energies of life are are so big, so huge, that even through this computer monitor, I I feel your heart. I under I I get the energy of another person. Yeah. I I can read my energy. I can read kind of read my son's energy. And I respect the vibration of so many components of our life that I like the empowering health journey I'm on right now. That's so beautiful. And and I love the fact that that's also the name of your podcast, Empowering Health Journeys, because it really teaches people how to empower themselves on their health journey to me in not just physical health, but mind, body, spirit. Yes. And it's the same as like my show, and we're talking right now, it's mind, body, spirit connections. And for me, you know, just like you, I'm I'm very spiritual. Mm-hmm. I'm not religious at all. I grew up in a family with interreligiously married parents, so I got to learn two different religions that were that are 150 degrees like opposite, right? Judaism and and Christianity. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it I ultimately led to an Orthodox Jewish brother a very devout Catholic middle brother, and then me, and people wanted to put me in the box and and were like, well, what do you believe? And I'm like, I don't subscribe to organized religion. What do you mean? You don't believe in God? I'm not getting into all that with you, but here's the truth. If you want to label me, the closest I come to is a, a blend of Native American spirituality and Eastern philosophy. That's not even all encompassing, but it's close. I revere life I believe in God. I believe that we are part of the collective energy that I call God and the oneness, the, the, the collective love that we all are from. And that is how we can connect with other people, right? Like I can meet you and feel the vibe, the, the vibration of you, right? And it's like, I could feel your heart just like through the monitor too, right? You said that you could feel mine and I can feel yours. So we could meet via Zoom, we could meet in person, and you feel this vibe from someone, and it's like, yeah, all right, I feel like that's our souls talking to each other and recognizing each other. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, and then you meet somebody else, and you get a vibe that's like really negative and ugh, like it just feels uh. It doesn't mean they're an evil, horrible person, or they have evil intent. It just means that whatever journey you're on, and whatever journey they're on, it's not a journey that a path that you're taking together in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. The 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 paths have kind of is kind of like a wildlife trail in the bush. They've kind of bounced and then they divert at the same time. That yeah. The, the yeah. So they, I love that. So connecting. If you were to you know in in the few minutes we have left here, if you were to define spirituality, right? The spiritually expressed human. The whole idea is that we're these spiritual beings having human experience and that we need to learn how to navigate through this human experience, right? But there are people who don't feel like they have any spiritual connection whatsoever. Like they might not even believe in the word soul. So if you were defining not only what spirituality is to you, but if you had to try to explain to someone like that what what you believe it is to help them see whatever it is they need to see, 
How would you define that then? So I, I do not believe God is outside. I do not believe there's a male entity God per se. What I do believe is that there is the energies of this universe that I have in every cell, every molecule, every molecule. I don't care if it's a cement block outside, the plant, the animal, you and I, every molecule has an energy, has a frequency. Yeah. And that frequency, that energy is what makes me, me, and makes you, you. Yeah. There is, when we exchange energies here or in person, there is an exchange of energies. When two individuals come together, there is a sharing and mixing of energies, and they will never be separated. There is a little of one and the other yeah. within forever. It's part of the gig. So my, my concept of spirituality is acknowledging the energies, acknowledging what I can draw in, mm-hmm. what I can emit out. The concept of receive with the left and give with the right. Receive, yeah. give. When I'm in meditation, whether I've got crystals around me, whether I'm sitting in front of my gas fireplace, whether I'm sitting, whether I'm riding my motorbike, I acknowledge that energy transfer and movement and that it is within that is that place of power and love and, and mindfulness that my thoughts are my greatest ammunition, my greatest power to thrive in life, and my initial level of having a healthy entity. If I love the food I put in me, that has a higher energy than eating food and going, that's bad and going to make me fat. Right, exactly. I want that powerful, good energies coming in all the time. I fail. I, I am freaking good at failing. But I am also able to stand back up and say, Lana, first love yourself to be able to love others. Put on your oxygen mask first before you try and help others. And so I am very aware of that loving energy that holding space for others in a non-denying, non-suppressing way of myself, and yet still uplifting for the other individual. Oh my God. I just, I just love what you just said. I love all of it. The definition, you know, how you incorporate all that, because I think, you know, such a critical piece to us living in this form regardless of what we believe from what we call a religious perspective or a spiritual perspective or an intellectual perspective, like it doesn't matter. Human perspective. I don't, I don't, again, I don't care what label we give things. Those labels are important in various ways to dismantle some of the old conditioning, right? Because those are part of our repetitive stories that we keep replaying in our head and we keep recalling and we keep reliving. But ultimately, when we step into the vibration of the purity of who we are at the core, which is love, and we only have to remember babies to, to see that, right? Yes. When we step into that place of coming from a place of authenticity, the best way we know how in every moment of now, even if tomorrow it seems to be a different version than today, as we learn and grow, it shifts, it changes. That's, you know, always, like you said before, we're not going to change when we're uncomfortable, only when, when we're comfortable, only when we're uncomfortable. Yes. So I love that. Where would you say you are still not fully expressing you? Is there any particular emotion, thought, area where you're still feeling a little like you're not fully expressing as Lana? 
I think one of the aspects is as I begin to launch this business, Empowering Health Journeys, and the components of the podcast and the components of the coaching yeah, that are primarily around adrenal fatigue is not fully expressing Lana in a trusting way. Mm. I, th- I, I, I still hold back that Lana is not of this level of quality or Lana is not in the same playing field as some of these other individuals that I'm working with. <sighs> and I'm still, I'm still demeaning myself. I'm still holding myself down. And I still, here, here is a test of one's self-value is to look in the mirror and say, I love you. Yes. To look in the mirror and say, I love you. And for most of us, we'll still cry. I don't care if you're male or female. Can you look in the mirror and go, no matter what, I still love you. Because we have to start within. And I know that I challenge that, Lana, you're not worthy. Lana, you're not quite enough yet. Lana, you might get there. And there's lots of days where I get excited with this idea because I'm a creative spirit. FYI, I like photography as well. Um, Awesome. (laughs) Yep. So, but that, Lana, you're not enough. And I have to step back and go, Lana is perfect just the way Lana is. Lana can learn. Lana can adopt. Lana can still evolve. Lana is until my feet are under the grass or floating in the breeze because of cremation, (laughs) I can still change. I can still learn. I can still evolve. Yes, yes. And and normally I would have asked you for a final piece of advice, but you just gave it. Like, you know, that was so, that was so flippin' perfect, woman. Like, you're a goddess, like a motorbiking, <laughs> leather-wearing, fuck-off dumbass redhead over here, like badass. And, and that's, you know, this show is about helping people become the spiritually expressed badass. That's their birthright. And girl, you've done that. You're doing that. And even though there's still this area, I would invite you, Lana, and you listening to recognize that until we draw our last breath, we are going to have these layers and these pieces that come up where we're hiding out, where we're holding ourselves down. But there are tools and skills and practices and reflections and awarenesses and insights if you keep yourself open, vulnerable, and willing to the potential and the possibility that you've always been more than you know, you will always be more than you realize, and there will always be more from an infinite nature. If people wanted to reach out to you, Lana, and, and get more in touch, and I know that you graciously offered a, uh, a gift for the audience. You know, Lana has been working hard for the last 18 months within her new direction. But as, you know, with COVID and everything, and we're all pivoting and shifting, there's some pivots and shifting happening for, for Lana. And so some of the info isn't up as of the moment of this recording, which is in on September, pardon me, September 1st. And so auditorily, you will not hear me say what the name of her website, what the the address is for the website and the address is for her gift. She has got it mostly together, but it's, it's still, pieces are still getting put into place. And it's the, if I have this right, the top 10 nutrient deficiencies in North America. Is that the gift you want to offer, Lana? That's the gift that I want to offer. By the time we're up and launched regarding all of this podcast, it will be a small booklet with information. The website, the Facebook page will always direct towards Empowering Health Journeys. Is that how they would find it is just type in Empowering Health Journeys? Yes. Perfect. Facebook or whether it'll be the website that should be way live by the time this episode goes live, then yes, Empowering Health Journeys is my foundational space. Perfect. So they would find you 
again, we're recording September 1st, but this episode, you probably won't be hearing this until November. So it will be empoweringhealthjourneys.com, I would imagine. Yeah. So please, 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 everybody, check the show notes for details on how to not only download Lana's gracious gift, but also to reach out to her at her website. Is there an email? You don't have to, but is there an email that you want to offer? Or would they just, it would be better to go to the website? Just go to the website or the Facebook page. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this has been an absolute blast. I have learned that I have a new motorbiking, leather-wearing, badass, fuck-off, dumbass, redhead over here friend who is just like me, real, down-to-earth, you know, authentic, figuring it out as we go, evolving as we go. I am so honored and so grateful that you have come here today and shared with me, Lena. Thank you. From one warrioress to another warrioress, I so appreciate this space and this conversation. I love the energy that we have shared. Oh, thank you so much. I just had a huge coughing fit and I muted my mic so that you guys wouldn't have to hear me blabbing really loud in, in your ears. So I apologize if my voice is sounding a little like, <laughs> because like, it's you ever have one of those scratches? Oh, I see it's still there. Yeah. Where it's like you inhaled a piece of dust or something and it tickles that base of your throat and it's scratching. And no matter what you do, you drink, you cough, whatever, it just won't go away for a while. It won't dislodge. And it's like, oh, for the love of the Lord. Love of the Lord, would you please? <laughs> Right? It will not go away. All right. Well, anyway, so again, yeah, I look forward to our long friendship and collaborations and relationship. Again, thank you so much for being here. You all, you know, I love you so much. And I'm so grateful that you're here each and every week because we're on this journey together to really step into how we can all become the spiritually expressed badasses, resilient, loving, compassionate, all of those parts of us, the yummy parts and the delicious parts and the not so yummy parts that when the ego gets in the way, when your frustrations get in the way. I thank you for joining me each week on this journey because it really is about navigating the human experience together. I love you all. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to share with your friends and those who you feel would benefit as the more people we reach and the more we take on this journey together, the bigger global impact we're going to continue to make. And damn it, I know we need this right now with COVID and everything going on. And so if you're struggling in any way, you know to reach out to me. Go to susandesenti.com, download one of the free gifts that are there. There's a couple of them for you. You choose something on stress and something on loving yourself. For now, I love you so much. Stay safe. Be well, live free, and shine bright. I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human, where conformity is not an option. Getting out of the box is critical, and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.